The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. This is our Tuesday show where, of course, I'm going to run through the waiver wire for week eight. We made it through week seven. We made it through the bipocalypse. We only have the Baltimore Ravens and the Oakland Raiders, or the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, sorry about that. Those are the only teams on by this week. So, you know, you'll be filling in for Lamar Jackson. Maybe you'll be filling in for Darren Waller, for Josh Jacobs, you know, perhaps Henry Ruggs. But, but overall, you know, not nearly uh, – this, this will not be one of the worst weeks that we are going to see for – uh, you know, for, for waiver wire stuff in general. And, uh, you know, I think that we have to start with the Philadelphia Eagles backfield. We have Miles Sanders, who is expected to be out with a leg injury. Boston Scott is going to be available in most of our leagues. Uh, after Miles Sanders got hurt in the last game, he played 33% of the snaps. He got seven carries. He was targeted twice in the passing game. If you do happen to play in a league where Kenneth Gainwell is available. He played 51% of the snaps. He got five rushes, but was targeted eight times in the passing game. Uh, Miles Sanders got injured pretty early on. He only played 12 snaps and had six carries and one target. The Eagles do have, um, you know, they they just have the best possible matchup. They're going to be playing at Detroit, high total game. You know, the Lions obviously have this, um, you know, this this terrible defense. And we have seen Boston Scott perform well in this role in the past when we have had, you know, Miles Sanders be out. So there was the the first game of the season last year was against Washington. Sanders didn't play in that game. Boston Scott played 56% of the snaps. He was he ran nine times, was targeted twice, but against the Giants, Miles Sanders was out later in the year. He played 69% of the snaps ran 12 times, was targeted five times. Uh, and then the next game against Dallas, he ran 15 times and was targeted twice. So basically the question that we have here is, what role is Boston Scott going to come into? Is Jordan Howard going to be activated from the practice squad? And how much would they plan on using Jordan Howard? You know, for a potential answer to that Jordan Howard question, uh, last year, Jordan Howard uh, against for, for Miami uh, against Arizona, the last time he got more than 10 rushes, uh, he played 34% of the snaps, 10 carries, 19 yards, and a touchdown. He was on Philadelphia last season, and in their week uh, 16 game against Dallas, he got three carries for eight yards. Uh, looks like, and, and was ahead of Boston Scott in that game. Boston Scott got two carries for 17 yards. Uh, Jordan Howard got the three carries, Miles Sanders. 15 carries, six targets in that game. So so this is basically how I expect it to go. I think Gainwell is going to be the primary passing down back. I would anticipate Boston Scott being the primary 
uh, you know, quote unquote, rushing back kind of kind of Boston's got sliding into Miles Sanders role. And then Kenneth Gainwell just playing a more expanded version of his current role with a little bit more solidity and playing time. Unfortunately, I do probably think that Jordan Howard is going to get some work here. And I think it's going to be really annoying because I think it's going to be that goal line work, you know, and that's that's really uh, that's really not. It's really not what we want. But, you know, I think if Gainwell's out there, he's definitely, I mean, he's like a 50% bid. I think Boston Scott is like a solid uh, 15 to 20% bid. If you are missing uh, Josh Jacobs um, or if you are missing a flex starter, uh, you you can definitely do worse at a, a flex starter with, you know, injuries and buys and everything than Boston Scott against the Detroit Lions. If any of the Ravens running backs are out there, namely Latavius Murray and Levia, or uh, Devonta Freeman, Devonta Freeman had a pretty strong game last week. Uh, well, no, you know what? That's over speaking it. He didn't. He just happened to score a touchdown, but he was targeted three times in the passing game, played 40% of the snaps. Latavius Murray was out for that game. I believe they have used up all the times they can send Le'Veon Bell up and down. So next week they're going to have to decide, do they want to cut Le'Veon Bell or do they want to leave Tyson Williams as a game day inactive? I don't really know. Probably Latavius is worth a pickup uh, if he got dropped by someone when he was out there last week. Samaj Pirine definitely needs to be picked up again. He is definitely owned in you know all FFPC main events and stuff at this point. But in a you know 12-team home league, he does look like one of the best available handcuffs. So he looks like a, he looks like a solid pickup in terms of FFPC main event guys. We have JJ Taylor, who again did the flip flop with Ramondre Stevenson. So in weeks five and six, JJ Taylor wasn't active and Ramondre was active. Then last week, Ramondre was inactive. JJ Taylor was active. He is a, he is a good you know kind of one dollar speculative bid. The game was a total blowout. He did get nine rushes and scored twice, but you know, obviously we're not uh, depending on that stuff. But basically, there is kind of this thought that Taylor at 5'6", 185 pounds, he's probably a slightly better fit for that third down role that they're currently using Brandon Bolden in. So again, you know, we have all made worse $1 pickups than J.J. Taylor. We also have uh, you know, Marlon Mack sitting there basically waiting to see if Marlon Mack gets traded. That was a rumor that we heard a little bit earlier in the year. He, he really is not playing at all. He got four snaps and three rushes in the huge blowout win against San Francisco. He has not gotten more than five carries since week four against Miami. Now, they do have some, uh, I guess, in terms of like desperation plays, the Colts play home to the New York Jets in week nine you know, maybe he is able to get like 12 rushes there or something kind of the way he did in that big win against Miami where he got 10 rushes. Uh, he's yet to score a touchdown yet this year, but that doesn't mean that he won't. Uh, if Damien Williams got dropped in your league, and he might even get dropped on this waiver run, actually, because he played so far behind Khalil Herbert, but he didn't have any days of practice this last week for the Chicago Bears. So I think that kind of played into why he played so far behind Khalil Herbert. But really, running back this week is as simple as one of the Eagles guys checking to see if Devonta Freeman's out there, Samaj P. Ryan, who I think is worth um, a, a pretty strong bit. And I guess also uh, Peyton Barber, I need to I need to mention him because Barber was playing 
uh, very well when Josh Jacobs was out in weeks two and weeks three. He got 13 and 23 rushes. Uh, he actually got 28 touches in that win against Miami. Does look like, I, I mean, you know, we're waiting to hear if it's going to be a multi-week thing for Josh Jacobs, and they are on by, so you won't be able to start Barber this week. But Barber, I would kind of put him in that same bucket as Boston Scott, actually, where he he definitely should have a role if Josh Jacobs is injured for multiple weeks. Looking at the wide receiver position, if Kadarius Tony was dropped in your league, he looks like a very strong ad. Uh, I don't imagine that he he I, he's probably kind of in the Bateman bucket where in really competitive leagues he was held, in less competitive leagues he was dropped. Traquan Smith returned to the lineup for the New Orleans Saints on Monday night. He played 55% of the snaps. He was targeted only three times. And they have been obviously this really low volume passing offense, but they do play home to Tampa Bay and at New Orleans in two of their next three games. We would anticipate those being higher volume uh, passing, you know, th those would be higher volume passing games. Uh, I, I have had to make this move on several of my teams, but Khalif Raymond is actually the wide receiver 40 in PPR right now. He had eight targets, six receptions, 115 yards against the Rams. He has played over 80% of the snaps in each of their last two games, um, is, is running a ton of routes. And, you know, I, I don't know how long this can continue, but Raymond is actually third on the Lions in targets ahead of Amon Ross A. Brown, uh, you know, way ahead of Jamal Williams. And, and I, I don't think he is like some great talent or something like that, but for teams trying to plug the holes, I do think that he is worth adding. If Devontae Parker or Will Fuller were dropped in your leagues due to injuries, I actually think Tua looks really strong right now. I, I actually think he looks like, uh, um, you know, Tua, Tua looks like a guy who can hold the weight for multiple fantasy options in the passing game, especially, you know, obviously in, in full PPR because of, uh, you know, how, how high his completion rate has been. Probably the most interesting situation for us this week at wide receiver is going to be the Green Bay Packers. Devontae Adams popped up on the COVID list on Monday. They play at the Arizona Cardinals. Definitely, I, I think, not going to be a game that they are able to get away with trying to run the ball a ton. So Devontae Adams vacates 73 targets. That's over, you know, they have 216 targets. That's well over 30% of the team's total targets. Then Aaron Jones is second on the team in targets of 28 then Robert Tunyon with 25. Tunyon, by the way, if you know we're talking about tight ends, I actually, uh, I, I actually dropped Tunyon in a league a couple weeks ago for Zach Ertz. So I definitely know he's out there in some. Alan Lazard had his best game of the season. In fact, one of the best games of his career. Six targets, five receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Also scored a touchdown the week before against Chicago. He's been playing 91%, 85%, and 86% of the team's snaps. Over their last three games, he is the you know the clear feeling for Marquez Valdez scaling. He would seem to be the biggest winner of target volume, not necessarily playing time. So I think Lazard is a pretty good bid this week. Um, Randall Cobb saw 62% of the snaps against the Washington football team. He did score two touchdowns against Pittsburgh on six targets. This actually, I think, does, again, seem like a game where Rodgers would be willing to rely on his old buddy, Randall Cobb, who, you know, physically can't can't really do it anymore. But, you know, may, well, one one week, no Devontae Adams. Uh, there, there certainly is. Uh, there are universes where Randall Cobb has a huge target game here. 
then the other guys on the roster, you know, these are these are really not guys that we're that excited about. You know, Equinemius St. Brown, uh, Malik Taylor, Amari Rogers. I, I don't anticipate seeing very much of that. I think Green Bay will probably play a lot of two tight end stuff. You know, I think that we will see um, a lot of Mercedes Lewis, a lot of Josiah DeGuerre. They have this guy, Tyler Davis, who they've been playing on blocking snaps. And I would anticipate seeing more of that. And so just a lot of um, uh, a lot of Alan Lazard, a lot of Randall Cobb with uh, Equinemius St. Brown kind of moving in. But I, I would bid on Cobb this week, especially if I could start him. Uh, Cobb does. Cobb and Lazard both seem like good bids. Lazard probably a little bit more of a... Uh, you could maybe start him for multiple weeks bid because he he has you know been uh, looking pretty good. Also, a reminder that if Michael Gallup has been dropped in your league, does look like he will be returning relatively soon. And then I can't even believe I'm saying this, but Dante Pettis for the New York Giants has 11 and five targets each of the last two weeks. Scored a touchdown against Carolina. They play at Kansas City. Does I mean, and, and this all, of course, is going to depend on how healthy is Kenny Galladay, how healthy is Sterling Shepard, is Darius Slayton, you know, completely good to go after leading the team in targets last week. Can Kadarius Tony come back from this ankle injury? I mean, you know, we don't uh, we, we don't really know the answer to any of those questions, but, you know, five five dollar bids, ten dollar bids on Dante Pettis. And look, remember, Dante Pettis was a very highly touted player. He was drafted 44th overall in, in the 2018 NFL draft. So it's like, I, I don't know, this guy could theoretically be talented and it just kind of didn't happen for him in San Francisco. Certainly that's happened to players before. So I, I like him as a pickup. Uh, Van Jefferson continues to have a real role in the Rams offense. He, his targets the last five weeks, six, six, four, four, and seven. Um, you know, he has three receiving touchdowns on the year. He is, you know, not a, not an explosive big play player, but he is fourth on the Rams in targets, the same amount of targets as Tyler Higby. Uh, his three touchdowns are the same as Robert Woods, and he has only uh, 109 fewer or 119 119 fewer receiving yards than Robert Woods, despite having um, far less targets. So, you know, Van Jefferson and this offense is just so absurd. And the Rams have this unreal easy schedule that they are in the middle of playing right now. They just played the Lions, then they play the Texans, then they play the Titans. And uh, they have, you know, some easy games against the Jaguars, the Seahawks in, in the second half of the season. So Van Jefferson does need to be owned, I think, in, in most 12-team PPR leagues. Finally, the tight end position. Again, Ricky Seals-Jones. You guys know to add him. I would say Foster Moreau is worth an add at this point, but it sounds like Darren Waller is probably going to be back. Really, the the only guy that I would be kind of thinking about streaming at the tight end position right now, uh, and he, again, is probably owned in, in a fair few amount of leagues, is going to be Pat Fryermuth who uh, in the first full game with no Juju Smith-Schuster just played 60% of the snaps against Seattle, uh, saw seven targets, does have a receiving touchdown on the year. He is clearly ahead of um, he is clearly ahead of Eric Ebron in the pecking order. A couple other guys that you could nab on the low end of the waiver wire. We got Dan Arnold. He's played 62%, 73% of the snaps the last two weeks for Jacksonville. You know, did, did – um, and, and was active right away in his first game for Jacksonville, by the way, after being traded, you know, played week three for Carolina, played week four for Jacksonville. They need someone in that role. 
because I mean, look, as much as I love LaVisca Chenault, it, it, I don't, it, I don't know if it is really going to be happening for uh, Chenault at this point. And then if you're trying to replace Derek Carr or our guy Lamar Jackson this week, definitely I, I think Tua against the Bills, he should get there in terms of passing attempts. A very good matchup for Daniel Jones if you want to stream him. Uh, also, Trey Lance is 21% rostered right now. If you have the room to stash him, we did see that rushing upside in that first game against the Cardinals. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold it against him that he did not have success passing. Uh, and and by the way, the 49ers are two and four. Like the like the idea of them winning the division or being really competitive that seems to kind of be going by the wayside. So I do think he is worth a stash. So that's gonna do it for us here at the waiver wire show this week. Uh, hope that was useful. Hope that was helpful, and we'll be back tomorrow with the DFS game-by-game preview. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.